Searching for Canada's best startups. The Pitch Please Podcast. Hosted by Mike Thibodeau. Give us your best pitch. Pitch please. Three, two, one. Connecting with Canada's startups to learn about their business and the amazing people behind them. Follow along and hear some of the most interesting ideas in startups from across Canada. Welcome back, everybody, to the Pitch Please podcast. It's Mike here, and today I'm joined by Kelly from Poptronic. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Kelly, maybe let's learn a little bit about you, your background, and maybe a bit about your career journey. Yeah, for sure. So I grew up in a small city in eastern Ontario called Cornwall. And I was one of those kids of the 90s who started learning Visual Basic on a big beige computer and uh, reluctantly went to school for computer programming because my father thought, you're not going to make it in theater. You may as well have a really good job. So I took his advice and I went to school for computer programming and essentially went to school, graduated, not really the top of my class or anything, but I kind of found my knack in like design and UX and kind of the whole idea of digital transformation. And I worked in a lot of nonprofits. I worked in Kingston. I worked with the Department of National Defense and the RCMP, building a website, working with databases, and really found myself enjoying the nonprofit world and also learning a lot about government as well. So that's 20 years ago that I've graduated. And these days, I am working as a STEM educator, and I absolutely love it. I'm working with teens every day, and I really love the whole community aspect around technology. And I think we have this really important moment where we can really leverage what Gen Z is bringing to the table. And I want to be at the forefront of that. I think with a lot of mass layoffs. We're seeing a lot of people focusing on climate. And that's why I wanted to create a startup with my co-founder, Chatney Hearn, to be able to address climate anxiety, but also with a technological angle and also a consumerist, consumerism, circular economy lens. So, so that's been kind the, of the long story. <laughs> yeah, so you've been in the tech space for a while. Talk, talk to me about, so you're the co-founder of Poptronic, but you were talking about your role helping educate and bring some of your wisdom and experience in this space. So what type of work is that you're doing? Yeah, so day to day, I work with a program called CodeNets, where we engage with hundreds of high school students across the U.S. in Black, Latino, and Indigenous neighborhoods and communities. And that work is so important, especially during the pandemic, when we've seen the effect it's had on mental health and technology has really kind of divided us even more so. 
So I felt that it was really important to share what I've learned and share my experiences, but also bringing people together in a tech space where we can talk about the ethics issues, the data sharing privacy, all those things. There's just so much responsibility that we need to have as futurists, like people who are looking to use technology to change the world. That's amazing. So you're inspiring future entrepreneurs. Hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I want them to be curious. I think young people are really ahead of their time and we need to capture that. And But we also need to make sure that we're prepared for the onslaught of like cybersecurity issues or just the inequalities in like access to technology and things like that. That's amazing. And so did your inspirations and journeys around this space you've been in for a while, helping learn about apply technology and help others apply technology, is that sort of what inspired you to become a entrepreneur and co-founder of Poptronic? Or is there a more mysterious journey of how this got started and how you met your co-founder? Okay, so the irony, there's so much irony in this because it's exactly what inspired our journey. So Chadney and I knew each other from about four or five years ago. We built a tech training program and we educated over, I believe, 120 adults on the skills of the future. So we ran this program in eight months. We finished it out and... I was talking to her about this idea I had. And this idea came from, I was teaching virtual reality to my students online. And so I was preparing curriculum, putting together my lesson plans. And all of a sudden, I'm getting ads through Facebook for a workout app for the Oculus at the time. And I was like, what? the hell is this like I just was like keeps coming up this looks amazing I used to be a figure skater so I kind of like that I don't know I just felt like I connected with it and then I tried it and I got sucked right into like working out in virtual reality and it was just like oh my god this is a game changer this was two years ago almost to the day And so I'm like, if this pandemic continues to go this way, like we need to get VR in everyone's house because they can't go to the gym or they feel scared to go out or anything like that. They can work out at home. And so this app is called Supernatural and Meta literally just acquired it two days ago. And they had all these issues with the FTC before they acquired it. So it's an amazing app. I love it because it's like you have amazing music. They've gamified working out. And like the stories you see in their community, like you see 80-year-old grandmas who are like able to lift a barbecue now because they work out in it every day. So that's what I mean is like you're seeing this happen. People are disconnected, but they're connecting through this community. And it was like, oh, my God, we need to bring this to everyone. 
So that's how Poptronic was born. It was like, I want to rent out my headset to people. And then I was like, let's rent that out. Let's rent out all kinds of things. So it wasn't specifically a calling to entrepreneurship so much as an experience and a life kind of epiphany moment around mixed reality and virtual reality where you were inspired to use it and were curious of how do you democratize the ability for people to access that type of technology. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And like the change that we've just seen in the adoption of this technology is incredible. Like it's being used in nursing homes. It's being used for mental health training. It's being used for, you could go as serious as like police training, but it has like an application for almost everything, which is really interesting. But I also felt like having women in this space is really important because you, if you only have the same people developing technology, they're going to miss those use cases. And there are some apps out there where it can get toxic if you have kids in the metaverse somewhere. So we wanted to bring this education aspect to what we're doing as well, where we share with our customers, like, this is how you can do things. This is how you can protect your data and like, look out for these signs. So we want to be really responsible with it as well. That's amazing. Fun fact about myself. So I actually, when I was kind of mentioning to you just before we started around building, I was the first HoloLens and mixed reality uh, product lead for Microsoft Canada back in the time. So oh. I'm deeply passionate about this space. Wow. Can totally empathize with like the access component because some of the technology is more expensive and maybe use yep. cases are still being built. And so how do you kind of bring that to the masses? So I'm super curious to learn even more about Poptronic. Um, I have a bunch of questions. So maybe we start off with your pitch and then yeah. we go from there. So Kelly, your pitch, please. Yeah. So Poptronic, we rent the latest technology at an affordable price. You can come into our store in downtown Cornwall, our flagship retail space. You can try out the tech there, or you can go online at www.poptronic.ca. You can choose a rental for as little as one week, and it's affordable, easy to access, and we ship right to your house. So that's Poptronic. Amazing. And so before we dive into anything, I want to know, how did you arrive at the name Poptronic? So we arrived at the name because I love the portmanteaus and I just have like such an affinity for neon and like pop and just like fun branding. And I thought electronics and pop just went together. Cool. But we Sometimes did do it... a serious, yeah, we did a serious exercise on like trying to find a name that made sense. <laughs> Sometimes that exercise takes a while. Was it one of those like giant whiteboard days, weeks, bouncing names around? Is that sort of the background of how you got here? Yeah. And then you're Googling and you're trying to find like, oh, who has this? And so, yeah, there are some weird like places from like the 70s that I've seen, but essentially it was just fun for us to find that name. And I I was such a big blockbuster nerd growing up that I was like, I wanted to feel kind of like a blockbuster for tech. 
Naming, naming is hard, right? It's a fun process, but figuring out your name, your brand identity, that's always a fun but challenging part for many startups. There's a startup I talked to in one of my earlier recordings where they had a name and then they actually went through a rebrand and there's a whole company just built around building brand names and naming. Oh, wow. Fun fact is they are actually the ones that came up with the name The Baconator for Wendy's. And so she <laughs> hired that company to, to help them out. And it was a whole cool experience. So awesome. you'll have to check out that podcast. Their name is Wimble. Cool. When you talk about the renting of electronics, you started with virtual reality. So does Poptronic mostly offer virtual reality or is that sort of where it started? That's where it started. And we just started having a lot of success from families being like, oh, we need a headset for this vacation or we have a birthday party coming up or whatever. And so we just kind of pivoted from there to offer more tech. And we found that there is a huge demand in organizations for virtual reality. So event, event companies are looking for those experiences. Um, you're going to see a lot more adoption at like conferences and things like that. So we're getting demand like B2B demand as well as B2C. Got it. So you have a wider array than just virtual reality, but there's obviously been a big push there. And you're saying you're... Yeah. So who uses it? You talked a little bit about people renting it for their kids on a trip all the way to businesses, who's the primary market or is it actually this broad? Yeah, so primary market that we found are mostly parents in their mid to mid 30s to mid 40s who have their kids on the weekend or are looking for things for their kids to do while they're like out shopping or whatever. So, and they also don't want to just like buy something and have it sit on a shelf because VR is not cheap. So they want to at least try it first. But we're also seeing those parents getting it for themselves. We had one guy trying out, we have a hockey app that we've installed and he practices his, for his like beer league, his shots in the MetaQuest headset. So he came in, he rented it out. He was like, this is amazing. I've already bought one. Like, so we're like helping these companies sell devices just by renting them out. Yeah, it's sort of like the trial period concept. Yeah, and like we saw at Christmas that there were a lot of returns this year. And so we're also looking to address that issue as well by just like baking in the idea of we expect you to return it. So... Yeah, we're working on those strategies. That's super cool. Now, talk to me a little bit about this space of rental. Like, I I remember back in the day, I used to rent audio visual equipment from Long and McQuaid. And so, is yep. this a similar concept, but for the diverse set of of electronics and sort of what's the spectrum? Like, you mentioned VR. You mentioned some other gaming things. What's like the spectrum of the types of electronics you could rent from Poptronic? Yeah, so we have, we've really focused on sort of more, I would say, not traditional 
things like drones. We've got like movie theater setups that we rent out these kits. Things that people just wouldn't have lying around their house for the most part. But we do plan on focusing in on laptops, cell phones. We are seeing a demand from like new immigrants in the community who don't have credit, who like just want to come in and rent something for a couple days. But we're definitely seeing a lot of interest in those those products. But we also want to promote sustainable products. So we'll have a category where we talk about ocean plastics and like here are the manufacturers who are using ocean plastics and kind of having like a section that talks about how that's good for us. And there's already a billion dollar valuated company in this space that just expanded to the U.S. um, and they're called Rover. So they've been doing this for about seven years and they're constantly fundraising in the hundreds of millions. That's super interesting. So talk to me a little bit about maybe we just go down that path for a little bit. So you said there's a competitor or alternative in this space. You said they're mostly in the U.S. So are you are there multiple companies that do this? Where are you sort of unique or differentiated? Maybe it's regional. Talk, Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, so we're mostly focused on Canada at this point and want to kind of broaden our reach more so on the West and the East Coast. Our focus right now is Canada, and I don't believe Rover will try to come into this market because they have pretty much dominated Europe for the past seven years. There are some early stage competitors in South America, I believe, Poland, and a couple of Eastern European countries. But it is a newer sort of startup theme under the circular economy. So the circular economy for tech isn't as big as circular economy for like textiles, where you've got all these huge, these huge manufacturers who are now creating new pockets of revenue through thrift stores and refurbished stuff and everything, right? So you're seeing a huge popularity with that. Also with the various kind of like climate impact funding opportunities out there, we're seeing a lot of interest in bringing more sustainable ways for consumers to consume content. Makes total sense. So where where do you get all of your electronics from? Are they all new equipment? Is part of this like a buyback program? Can people that are renting buy from you if they want to own the product outright at the end? How does that all sort of work? Yeah, so we essentially work with wholesalers and we'll work with really high quality refurbishment programs for certain pieces of tech. We do try to obviously keep our costs low because we want to be as circular as possible. If we can get a high quality refurbished product, we'll go that way because at the end of the day, we want to make sure that we're reducing waste, like we're keeping e-waste out of the landfills. So we look to those kind of suppliers. And then after six months of a rental, Once that rental is kind of, if you choose to rent that long and pay it off, we'll charge you a dollar and you can just buy it from 
So oh, wow. you so there is like a rent to buy type concept. So if you find yeah, you're using so it often. If you're using it to the maximum amount, then we'll just sell it outright to you. That's amazing. And how are people able to sell you their used electronics or you're generally buying wholesale or refurbished from the manufacturers? Yeah, we companies? don't do direct. Okay. Yeah. We don't do direct from consumer just because the standards aren't there yet. We're hoping and we are talking to a large organization that will help us establish standards that we can share with Canadians on like technology and what that looks like in terms of rentals and refurbishment and things like that. But for now, we stick with like wholesalers and companies that are doing refurbishment. That's awesome. How do you deal with the challenge that tech's obviously always evolving? And I'm sure e even though you're able to get long life out of these products, or how are you managing the need to kind of continuously refresh your inventory, if you will? Yeah, for sure. So in order to constantly keep that going, we don't buy anything until we absolutely have to. So we don't buy things and have them sit on the shelves until we have sign-offs and we give ourselves enough lead time in order to purchase that product. So then we're not risking it sitting on a shelf. We also will sell out older technology and recoup part of our costs. So our actual margin will grow based on our selling program. So a lot of companies are buying out tech as well. So we're just part of that circular economy. Super interesting. Now, are, you mentioned that you have a physical location in Cornwall, but you can ship you can ship directly to people's homes. Does that mean you can ship anywhere in Canada? So if people want to rent electronics, they can do so from anywhere in Canada? Yeah, I mean, as far as we can go in terms of the post office, we'll yeah. go to those places because we think that people of every geography should have access but yeah, that's what we're offering to Canadians is basically with a few days lead time, you can rent from us. You can save hundreds of dollars on tech. And with this apparent recession or whatever this is right now, Canadians need to save something like $3,000 in unexpected expenses. So we can help Canadians with that. And just from our experiences in like working with schools and being in schools, we know that a lot of schools are wanting to teach the newest gadgets, the newest thing, but they can't afford to purchase the tech to teach. So that's where we're also addressing that gap by offering these rentals so it doesn't sit on a shelf for five or six months of the year. So we are working on those types of partnerships. That's amazing. So I've opened up your website. I'm just looking through some of the items now while we're talking live. Can we talk through a little bit about how that works? So if I click an item, I'm going to pretend yeah. I want an HTC Vive Pro. Maybe talk to me a little bit about generally what your range is on rental prices here. It's like It looks like it's as low as, depending what I want, $20 all the way up to maybe a couple hundred dollars for periods of time. Is that sort of how it works? Yeah. So right now, our products are... They're priced at a price point where 
the actual product will be paid off in six months. So our minimum amount of rental time is one week. And the higher you rent, the more discount you get. So if you rent for, I believe, three months, you'll get a 15% discount. It'll be lower from there for depending on how much time you rent for. So we want to reward people who are renting longer. But we are working on a subscription-based hardware rental service. So instead of just renting, paying up front, it's subscription-based. So you can just pay once a month. And that includes insurance and repairs up to like 90%. So there are different things that we're working on to make the buyer or the renter's journey easier. So that is coming probably this spring. And we hope that will continue our recurring revenue model. That's cool. And it also, I guess, for businesses helps it become an operating expense versus a capital expense because they can just sort of rent against it until maybe they own it or maybe they don't. And shipping, does the user pay for shipping? No worries. We've got another participant in the call. We'll just let them join. (laughs) Pardon me? Yeah, I was just asking about the shipping. So how does shipping work? Obviously, if you're local in Cornwall, you can pick up. Otherwise, it's just like a flat rate, I guess, you pay on top of your rental? Yeah. Yeah, So we will cover some of the shipping depending on how long they rent for. But our flat rate is basically $20. Okay, cool. So not free, but we do offer discounts rate on the website as well. I imagine you're not shipping pieces of paper here. You're shipping some pretty large object. Totally makes sense. How do you like manage all this? There must have a big team, a warehouse. Well, we're not there yet. So we're basically MVP. We're small right now and we're fundraising. So that's how we plan on growing our team. We also have our space. So our space, we allow people to hang out and rent tech in there. Um, but yeah, once we do start to grow our revenue, we already plan on hiring at least one or two people in the next couple months. But right now we're small, we're mighty and yeah, we have a lot of things that we want to build out. I'm building or I'm continuing to build the website. So hopefully we'll get to that next level where we have those subscriptions and then be able to bring on some more full-time people. That's amazing. Well, I wish you all the best in that journey. Hopefully it it becomes super easy and a quick path to success. Maybe talk to us a little bit about that journey. Where, Where are you at today? What are some of the challenges maybe you're facing or some of the best parts about what you've been doing thus far and some of those amazing stories that you were talking about? Yeah, for sure. It's been awesome for the past year and a half. Both of us, we work a lot of the time. So we pretty much work full time and we do this full time. So we're really busy, but we love doing it. And we do it because we know that there is a space for sustainable opportunities in the tech space. We know that there's a huge opportunity to educate Canadians on how to be a sustainable consumer and how to save money. So we know like that messaging 
excites us because we've all been in that position of not being able to afford the newest iPhone or laptop doesn't mean you don't want to try it. But once you see the joy of people trying things like VR and their reactions in that space, it makes it all worthwhile. So introducing people to new tech is a huge opportunity. Also giving people who don't have the money or, you know, the space in order to try those new things. It's really exciting for us. Yeah, you're reducing the barriers to entry for people to try things out. They maybe still won't be able to necessarily buy it out, but they can have these experiences and try things that maybe they've always wanted to, which I guess is a big piece of creating moments of entertainment or enjoyment for people that maybe want to try it, can't afford to buy it. And this is like a little bit of a treat even to themselves. I imagine even you're talking about businesses and I can just see the need here because if you are say a startup in the virtual reality space, making the capital investment for multiple headsets just to bring to your events could be quite heavy. And so maybe yeah. you have one or two, but when you go to an event where you maybe have to scale up to having five or six, this is an amazing solution. I remember we used to have that challenge for a lot of the companies that we were working with, HoloLens and Mixed Reality, where you know the team the company has two or three devices, but whenever they have to go kind of do demo days, how do you scale up? How do you scale up to eight yeah. units? We literally have, we have a company who has requested potentially a hundred headsets. So we've seen this. And so they're a huge events company across North America. We know that this is going to be the next thing. We have events companies in Toronto contacting us for like summer events or just like family day stuff. So there is a big need to have multiple devices. So that's a great story from you as well with the HoloLens and the path for affordability for a lot of people just isn't there. What would you say has been the hardest part so far? What they say about, yeah, I say the hardest part is that we're not building a SaaS company and getting people to take you seriously as a woman in this space, which is yeah. just such a cliche, but it's true. But it just makes it more fun, right? It just makes it more like, whatever, I'm going to like what I like, you to each their own, right? So yeah. when we have those conversations and we are taken seriously, it makes me laugh. And I'm just like, whatever, we're going to get to that next step. We're, we'll meet you again in the future. It's fine. Thick skin as, a, as an entrepreneur. And yeah. is that and mostly from a fundraising perspective that you're getting that kind of feedback? Oh, yeah, for sure. Or just people who've been in tech for 30 years telling us, like, oh, this will never work. And did you think of this? I'm like, actually, this company is already doing it. So they're like, oh, okay, I'll listen to you then. So it's a good time. But, you know, one of my good friends, Mark LaFleur, I don't know, Mark, but he just, well, he sold this company a couple of years ago, True Local, for $17 million. And he's in Cornwall. He grew up here. We have lunch together and we talk about the pains of fundraising. 
And he went through the same thing as a black man, right? But he's like the best. It's just the best when you get what you need and you can do, you can live out your dream and do the thing you want to do. So that's what keeps me going. And it makes the achieving of it that much better. It's never going to be super simple or a walk in the park. And I mean, there's obviously a need for it. You're demonstrating that because people are renting this equipment. Companies that have hardware or or are hardware companies are constantly doing events, demos, Mm -hmm. or customer trials. So I imagine this is an amazing B2B space with obviously Hmm. some B2C benefits. So I imagine it's just going to take some time. The return to in-person events is obviously going to be a big driver probably of need and growth for you. So I wish you all the best in all of that. Is there a part for you that's been sort of your most memorable story, whether that be an experience with someone that was renting out products from Poptronic or maybe some other type of story of you and your co-founder's journey or something that happened? This past summer in August, I was in Oakland doing some work with my team there. And my co-founder came and flew down to Oakland, taught me, and we found out we got into the SheBoot Accelerator. We were top 15 out of 124 companies. And Chadney got into the powwow pitch and she plays in like the top 1.5% in North America, like 2,500 indigenous entrepreneurs. She came in the top 1.5%. So like that journey with my co-founder was really awesome to be in Oakland celebrating margaritas. It was awesome. So definitely you take those sweet moments in. And you take the good with the bad and yeah, it all it, works out. I think it's all part of the roller coaster. Every founder that I talk to cha- talks about those challenges, but it sounds like the friendships, the memorable moments along the way are always the people sort of, things people sort of remember more than the no's. The no's are sort of the motivation to keep going. So I'm glad you're enjoying the experience and the journey with your co-founder. Thank you so much, Mike. I really appreciate this. And it was great to chat with you. For sure. Now, a couple last things. When you think about sort of the next the next six months for Poptronic, is there anything specific that you've got in store? You mentioned launching something around the subscription base. Is that something that you plan to be rolling out over the next six months? Yeah, for sure. So that's one of our major plays that we're working on right now is switching to that. We also want to start incorporating an e-waste dashboard for our customers so that they can see how much or how many resources they're saving by renting as opposed to buying. And just finding more partnerships, hiring a few more people, and just expanding that education piece so that Canadians know that this is an option now. That's amazing. So you're really going to kind of double down around the sustainability goals and the ability to help drive that initiative forward and really bring that to life in the next six six to 12 months. Yeah, for sure. And so if people that are listening were interested in helping and they had the means to or ability to, what are sort of the top one to three things that Poptronic or yourself would love 
help with or focus on? Is it just visiting the website, sharing things out? What sort of is most important for you right now? Yeah, the most important thing for us right now is just sharing our service. Getting the brand out there definitely helps us because a lot of people don't know that this exists. And breaking through that messaging that we are addressing the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals of Circular Economy Practices and... I would say if there are people out there who are interested in partnering, I'd love to hear from them. We're always looking for suppliers or partners who are willing to cross-promote and potentially partner on some VR projects, essentially. Super cool. Well, we'll make sure to put the call to actions in the show notes and make sure that people can get connected. So part of it is awesome. amplification. Part The next piece is either around partnerships of manufacturers or partnerships on cross-promotion and advocacy. We'll make sure to include those. Kelly, another fun thing that we do before we close up, I sort of just spring it up on everybody, but I realized it's actually pretty hard to say, pitch please podcast fast. So we try to see how many times the guests on the show can say pitch please podcast in a row without tripping up. It also means they have to join in to see where they rank amongst their peers. You can sip as much water as you need before, but whenever you're ready, Kelly, we'd love to hear you go Pitch Please podcast as many times as you can. Pitch Please podcast, Pitch Please podcast, Pitch Please cop. It's tough. You got three. It's tough. You got three. I can't say whether you're the best or the worst. The best may be a little higher, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I can't say if you're the worst. There might be people out there with one or two. Oh, it's God. tough. I realized <laughs> saying it myself that it was tough. And then I thought it'd be really funny to spring on guests. <laughs> and it seems to be a lot of fun to close out. Thank you for joining us today. Any Thanks. closing words from your side or things that you want to make sure that we shout out? No, just thank you for listening. And thank you for lifting up the voices of entrepreneurs across Canada. We need more people like you, Mike. So thanks. I really appreciate it. And honestly, this is just a lot of fun for me. I hope lots of people listen. But at a minimum, I love hearing people's stories and the journey that they're on and the amazing work they're doing to impact the world around them. So thank you for joining, Kelly. Thanks again, everybody who tuned in and look forward to catching you on the next episode. You've been listening to the Pitch Please Podcast. Pitch Please. Pitch Please. (laughs) Hosted by Mike Thibodeau. Tune in for regular episodes and show notes at pitchplease.ca. And make sure to give us a follow on your favorite podcast platform. Pitch Please, a Bluemex podcast, is hosted by Michael Thibodeau and does not constitute a recommendation for any organization, product, or service. For more Pitch Please content subscribe where you get your podcasts and visit bluemex.io to join us on Discord.